I will work day in and day out, wake up and smell the coffee. We want to return to the European Union. Another future is possible, but we've got to fight for it. Hello, hello and welcome to the Debated Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Will. And in this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by George Baldock, a member of the Labour Party, running to be uh, the next disability officer for Young Labour, um, who has an experience of pupil referral units, which we're going to be discussing in the podcast, as well as broader uh, educational policy. Welcome to the podcast, George. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm uh, looking forward to getting getting into the uh, the discussion. Yes, absolutely. Um, so the first question that I'd like to ask is, could you tell us a bit about how you became aware of um, pupil referral units and what your experience of them was? Well, it was, very, it was very difficult for me not to become aware because I found myself in one at the age of, age of 12 and I, I stuck there throughout all of my secondary education. I'd had a very miserable time in, a, my, in the first few months of secondary education. I couldn't manage it. I suffered then and still do with uh, anxiety and depression. That made that totally uh, impossible to, to stick with. So I ended up in a pupil referral unit. Um, and for me, I mean, that transformed my life. You know, it was a fantastic thing. Um, but even then, even as a student, I couldn't escape the fact they have a terrible reputation. Um, they have little funding. At Milton Keynes Council does a fantastic job with them, as I'm sure we'll get to later. But in general, they have no funding, um, and you know they 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 are not supported the way they need to be. So I noticed that as a student, since I've left, um, it's something I've remained very passionate about. I've done lots of research into, um, and recently got some unexpected media focus on that as well. So I, it seems there, you know, every day for the last couple of months, it has been in my head on, on pupil for all units and, and what support they really do need because they don't have enough. And um, I'm excited, excited at any opportunity I get to talk about them. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you just mentioned the, the perception um, that many people, perhaps particularly in the media, have towards them. Why do you think that there is this perhaps negative um, perception and where do you think it comes from? Well, I, I think the negative perception is 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 just it's right in in the media. It's just and and I think also in the general, you know, it's not a media thing. It, obviously, people get their views often from what the media spits out, but it's the common view that it's full of people who are just doing too too naughty, just can't can't do it, uh, don't know how to behave. All of that is is generally bunk. It's rubbish. That you know, uh, nobody has a passion has a great calling for chucking things out of windows setting things on fire it's it's g- generally can be linked back to something in their home life or in their in their early childhood that needs more fundamental addressing uh, so i think uh the reputation is is terrible it's based on that it's based on the fact we never really hear success stories from them um i i, I said on a few times in, in interviews i've done previously that it, it feels very much like the perception of a pupil referral unit student tends to be frozen and and we run with what we see sending there. But the people that leave are very different. They are, almost always have been improved because the staff in these places are tremendous. Um, they have a laser focus on long-term what you can do to, to not just sort of get the employment, uh, get qualifications, but to be able to cope with whatever got you into the situation. Um, so they do tremendous work. People don't see it. The media... Um, particularly at the minute, has been very sort of bashing and relentless against uh, SEND students, um, and it it is 
it is a tremendous shame, I think, but but an inescapable one. And you have to, uh, I think, more needs to be done to to reverse the the feeling against them, which is it's just all too pervasive. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. In in terms of the way that different political parties approach them, and and more broadly the way that they um, approach provisions in in regards to education for uh, SEND students more generally. What do you think the different parties are offering at the moment? Do you think that they're offering much of the same thing? Is there much divergence in terms of what kind of support they may be uh, offering in in terms of manifestos and uh, commitments? Or or do you think that it's sort of broadly the same offer from the the main parties? I I think I mean, I'm, as you mentioned at the start of the, the programme, I'm a, a Labour Party member and I'm an internal candidate in a Labour Party election. So it will be no surprise that I'm not going to be glowing of the of the last 14 years of government. But I, I do believe it has been totally inadequate. And the offer from the Conservatives is, is, is uh, barely changed. I mean, they've just put out now, or at least, uh, well, about a year ago, they're sort of starting to implement what they call the Delivering Better Value in SEND program i i mean it's 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 awful um it it doesn't it, it's much more focused on reducing the numbers and uh, that that's not the right approach when i mean in the shadow of covid covid we've got a ballooning of long-term mental health problems uh, students who cannot cope in mainstream schools now is not the time to be getting the numbers down um calling the program delivering better value is also sort of indim- uh, sort of um symptomatic of the issue we've got which is the the price and the cost of SEND provision, which is a big sort of political football at the minute. You had uh, Robert Robert Colville um, get a lot of trouble on Twitter because he made an outrageous comment uh, about this the the sort of golden ticket uh, theory that goes about that once a stu- once a child gets uh, an education healthcare plan or uh, whatever the their local council offers, you know they 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 get whatever they want. You know it's it's a uh, tickets to whatever um it it clearly is untrue any SEND experienced person or parent will tell you it's not true um but it seems to be a really ingrained myth and uh, it's becoming a problem now that local authorities are so so cash strapped thanks to the government being useless um that that SEND students aren't becoming the, the scapegoat for it it's it's really worrying so the Tories are out in terms of SEND provision with Labour, I, 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 I preface this by saying it will be better for SEND students under a Labour government. I have no doubt. Even if you look back now at what Ed Balls was putting out as schools minister in 2009, it seems way above what we're offering now as a Conservative, in the Conservative government. Um, but I also think Labour has a way to go. I mean, Bridget Phillipson, who will be a fantastic education secretary, um, made a, a dubious comment, I think, uh, about school attendance and um, those who refuse school, um, well-meaning, uh, sort of saying that um, you know, parent is the parent's responsibility, and uh, school attendance has to just be squashed out, which is true in a lot of cases. Um, but equally, you know, if if they're not attending school because of uh, deep-seated uh, issues with their their mental health or the experience at school, or even if you know, the, it's quite difficult for SEND, you know, SEND parents will, again, attest, it's actually quite difficult to get people uh, into school if they really don't want to go. I think it was wrong to put the onus on that on parents. Um, 
and and slightly short sighted. I, I mean, she will be fantastic. Labour will do a better job, but there is still a. a it feels like a gulf of uh, understanding towards pupil frail units. As far as I know, there is no uh, well well sort of documented or proper plan for SEND yet, and we are still probably nearly a year away from the election. So that's not a huge concern. But um, Labour Labour has to take it seriously. Um, and it, it's very easy to say the Tories have failed because they demonstrably have. But actually, Labour-run councils don't always do better. You look in Oxford, uh, the Labour group uh, monstrously, in my view, pulled out of the coalition in a sort of political dance to try and avoid blame for what were widespread SEND failings over there. I mean, I've read the reports. Uh, it, it brings you to tears. They're terrible stories. And for the Labour Party over there to make points and withdraw, I thought was awful. In Milton Keynes, we've got a Labour-led council that does a very good job. So it depends very much on how much stock the parties in co- in local governments and in Westminster put on it. Um, but I think while I do believe Labour will do a hell of a lot better, I'm not sure they're quite ready. Um, they're not. Um, understandably, it's not at the top of the priorities right now, but it, it needs to be looked at. And on the Liberal Democrats, I mean, um, any of, I, I don't know any of their policies on anything. I joined the, most of the country with that. So I don't think they've really got much there. Mm-hmm. Um, regarding Bridget Philipson, if you were to speak to her now and give examples of the kind of policies you think should be in Labour's next manifesto related to uh, SND um, pupils, pupil referral units, etc., the kind of things that you'd like to see her implement if she was to become um, education secretary. What kind of policies would you say that these are the things that you really need to really need to do? Well, if I if I I mean I do this in every conversation that I have, but if I can take it back to Milton Keynes for a second, we have a council leader who is who is committed and very focused on it. I'm sure he won't mind this anecdote being shared, but I, you know, as a Labour member, I went to the sort of Christmas social thing that all constituencies party do all constituency parties do. And he, he gave a gave a sh- short speech, um, our council leader. And he, he said in it, during the course of it, uh, unexpectedly turned sort of in my direction and said, uh, in, the, uh, in the context of special needs spending, that my story should be normal. It should be the expectation. It should be that all SEND students, PRU students, should have the opportunity um, to get the help they are legally entitled to. Um, and fulfill whatever they want to do after um so i think you know that is important to be focused to to have an active focus on this sector is important and you know there's a there's a lot to be said about empty rhetoric but actually when the perception is so bad for people for units as it is now empty rhetoric would be quite nice just an a, a sort of acknowledgement that people in people referral units can do so well with the support, they, you know, it's not the end of an educational journey if you're sent there. It was the start of mine. I'm tremendously lucky to have had it. So it would be nice if the uh, shadow education secretary, who will go on to be a fantastic education secretary, would say, would speak up for pupil referral units. In terms of policy, I think we've got to accept, um, I mean, this, this heavily comes down to what policy you approach for local government. Local governments need more money. Um, in some cases, you know, there are councils that have a genuinely almost malicious approach to this. But actually, a lot of the time, that the legal what what students are entitled to is being held back 
not because the council has some weird vendetta against uh, vulnerable children, but because it's really taxing financially. And so education healthcare plans are being challenged in court by local authorities. That's expensive and lengthy, um, but it's desperation because there's no money there. I think that has to be up on the priority. A lot of the up on the priority list, a lot of the SEND um, provisions are provided by local authorities rather than a, a national scheme. But I, I think a national focus would be good, um, accepting that there are always going to be students where early intervention fails. Early intervention is important, but you also need to get in there and accept on occasion it doesn't work and we need to have a proper sustainable solution for those who mainstream education doesn't work for. It never worked for me. At the time I needed it, it never would have worked. So we need we need to be able, we people with our units have their place in that sense and they need to work well with mainstream education. Um, the other, the other things, you know, you affect the whole, I mean, one of Labour's policies at the moment is a mental health practitioner in every school. I was pleased to see, actually, that the only time I'll praise the Liberal Democrats ever, but they put that forward on um, one of the opposition days recently. They put that forward as their motion. That is a really important policy. And I'm glad that's being pursued because for, for SEND education to work, you also need a strong and resilient and effective system in place in mainstream education for those with SCND difficulties. Not all students with educational challenges will need um, to to attend alternate provisional centres. Not all of them will need extensive or constant monitoring or whatever. Most will be able to get on absolutely fine with minimal support. But you need to ensure that minimal support is still there. A lot of the time it doesn't fit like it is at the minute. So we have a, a system where everything gets to breaking point before anything is done and that's not healthy for for the students, for the parents, for the schools, for the local authorities, for anyone, that's a terrible system. I think putting a lot more focus on this as a, as a section of the Department of Education would be really, really helpful. Absolutely. In terms of um, thinking about broader education policy, what do you think we need to do to improve the ed- educational experiences of children overall? Is it a case of simply more funding? Is there a particular policy that you think... Uh, needs to be implemented that would impact the experience of, of, of children overall? What do you think? So I, I will always bang the drum personally for vocational qualifications. It's not a route I took. I, I, I've told this story loads, but when I when I applied after leaving a people for L unit, I sent off two applications, one to the local suit form to do A-levels, which is what I took, but the other was to go to a college and do a floristry course. And I think that sort of thing is important. Um, you know, academically rigorous study will just not be for everyone. So I think, um, and this, from what I can gather, does seem to be something the um, the Labour Party is very interested in doing, is ensuring there is vocational, technical, and challenging uh, opportunities if you want to pursue that. So the, the BTECs are sort of in trouble at the minute, the T-levels were dead on arrival, um, but we need a sustainable uh, option that actually leads, I mean, we, we this would help, I think, the whole economy where we have a skills problem. Um, we must do more for vocational education, particularly in, I mean, you. I know this question was for the whole education system. It applies everywhere, but actually in a pupil referral unit, a particular skill or a particular trade is such a powerful way to get people out of what could be sort of a bit of a rut. Um, that's so important across all of education. I think it will be uh, a good thing for the next uh, Labour government to focus on. I think they will. 
And I think we're at the point now where both parties are agreeing that the A-level probably needs to be ripped up. So that will presumably happen um, in the next decade. It'll take ages because everything does. But I hope when it is um, sort of replaced, it does it puts much more uh, focus and scope for vocational practical qualifications uh, for people who want to go into uh, skilled trades that Britain used to be so good at. In terms of looking at education for um, particularly younger children, there was uh, a bit of a kerfuffle uh, in uh, the House of Commons over uh, Labour's policy related to brushing teeth um, for the under fives. Andrea Letton made a rather interesting comment about when. Um, yes, yeah. That, uh, but, That's what, uh, yeah, so th- thinking of that and thinking more broadly about the kind of um, education that we provide for um, younger children. Is there something in terms of the way that education should be um, developed for, for, for younger children that you think needs to be changed, particularly given that education at a, a young age is, is so important? And obviously there can be um, differences even at a, a young age in the way that a, a child learns and, and the way that they engage with information and engage with particular subjects. Well, I'll resist the urge to make some sort of lesson style joke about once a child is in school for three years, they've actually been there for 10. Um, what a remarkable comment. Um, but, it, it, I mean, on the teeth brushing thing, Wes Streeting went out on um, on the media rounds and got it exactly right. But he said, well, what do you want to say to children? Because your parents weren't up for it, you have no teeth. Uh, ideally, that should be the responsibility of the parents, but for often very valid reasons, a lot of parents have other, you know, it get it slipped under the the radar. So actually, I think it is right that the government steps in on that. And it's also, I mean, uh, there's, there's all this talk about it being a nanny state. I remember when I was three or four in 2009, um, in, my, in my very first year of primary school, having some sort of supervised toothbrushing thing. I remember a dentist being there. So this, this isn't new. This is just uh, going back to the policies of new labor that worked. Um, and I, I think it is part of a broader thing where, you know, primary schools are, are really important for getting basic uh, life values into 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 students. We talk about the British values, and um, one of them is rule of law, which you know I'm not saying anything about. But you know, we have to. You have to. That is a primary schools are a fantastic opportunity to teach life. I mean, healthy healthy eating is is a very big focus in primary schools at the minute. That's exactly right. Um, if you, if you, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm not an education policy expert, but I would imagine it's the case that if you teach it to a child, it sticks repeatedly if you do it over and over. So I, I think we we have to the primary school. The primary purpose of a teacher is to teach, but teaching is much broader than what you are learning in textbooks. And and also when you're when you're six, I would strongly suggest what we're doing in in history of geography, very interesting. But probably slightly less important than ensuring your teeth work for the next 60, 70 years. So in those early years of primary, I think actually it's right that we have a very broad, broad approach and and work on, you know, stuff that is beyond academics. Obviously everyone must be able to read, write, spell, count. Um, but also, you know, learning how to how to socialize with other kids, how to keep yourself clean, how to eat healthily. Actually, I think is really important, and um, it's not at all nanny state nonsense that you see people 
whinging about it a bit. Absolutely. Um, of course, we've mentioned that uh, this year, likely, there will at some point be a uh, general election. Just thinking about the Labour Party's manifesto, if you had to pick three policies not related um, to education that you would particularly like to see in the manifesto, what three policies would you most like to see in it? Well, that's a be- that is an evil question. Because um, my, my first three were... Um, something on something on there. People will you know something to do with the tax on private schools, but all of those are of course related to r- related to education. Um, I think it's very important we get. Um, I mean, votes at sixteen is currently policy. I'm glad it is. I hope it makes it onto the manifesto. Um, some more electoral reforms I think would be helpful. Um, I I I am uncommitted on what I think of proportional representation, but it's clear that the first past the post system is not working. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's good. Uh, we the Labour Party has a job now. I think to rebuild trust a little bit in um, democracy. I think now is the best time to do it if we're going to. Um, but also, I think we need policy that is just on people's lives, really, really matters. And um, so any policy, and this is a bit of a cop out, but any policy that um, puts you know in a cost of living crisis puts more money back into families' pockets, um, allows them to sort of get over what has been a, a terrible few years financially, rebuild the nation that is still reeling in shock after COVID. I, 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 Labour has my vote almost no matter what they pull out. I mean, I don't think Starmer's is going to commit to anything too ridiculous, um, which is good. Um, yes, a bit of a cop-out, but any policy that I think makes a tangible difference to people's lives, as all of the Labour policies we're hearing about um, seem to, even small things like uh, brushing of teeth or VAT on on private school fees. You know they're not going to affect most of us, but they are actually going to add up and and uh, bring bring a lot. I think help help this country feel a bit better again because it's miserable at the minute. I can't wait for the election. Well, it may be a bit of a cop out, but I'll allow it. Um, Thank you. You're we- very kind. <laughs> We're coming towards the end um, of the podcast, George, and t- thank you for taking the time to speak to me. But I do have one final question for you. Obviously, we've just discussed the election, the manifesto. There'll be several different elections across the world. Um, this year is going to be a very exciting time for people involved in politics. But if you had to pick one thing that you were looking forward to this year that wasn't related to politics, what are you most looking forward to in this new year of 2024? That's a difficult question. Uh, I'm currently in, uh, I'm just starting my first year of university. And um, I'm I'm looking forward to finding my feet here a bit, I think. And but also I'm I mean this I've given you I gave you a terrible answer for the last question, so I'll give you two for this one. Um, on people referral unit, I've got a lot of opportunities to, to talk about it coming up. I'm speaking at a, I'm speaking at um, a teaching course later this month. Um, I'm getting in touch with charities in Cambridgeshire, Peterborough about that. Um, so I, I am incredibly excited to keep talking about people for alienness, and I hope um, that I stop. You know, I love this topic. I love alienness. I hope I stop needing to talk about it in ten years because we've all realised how important they do. They've taken off. They do. They do such good work. Um, but that's what I, I'm excited in 2024 to uh, basically keep doing what I did in 2023, but also uh, try and try and help this cause as much as I can. After I got a fantastic opportunity last year to talk about it, to keep it up and do everything I can 
to give back after I had such a fantastic experience in them myself. Well, that's a fantastic answer um, to my question. Thank you very much um, for coming on the podcast, George. If people want to find out more about you, follow the sort of things that you're getting up to, where should they go to, to find out more about you? Well, my, my Twitter is a good one. That's at I am G Bulldog. I, I tweet a lot about um, SEND policy. Um, you can read my commitments. If you're a Labour Party member and want to want to back me, I probably shouldn't plug myself here, but I will. Um, equally, I tweet a lot about Milton Keynes. So if that's what you love, um, as you should, it's the best city on the country, city in the country, uh, follow me there. Um, I think that is the best place, but also uh, my email is... is uh, floating about somewhere on there so can go there um i'm always happy to get in contact with people if you want to talk to me about my experience and think i could think there is a way that uh, i could help with it or or if you want to talk for any purpose about that um i love talking about people referral units i'm not going to stop doing it uh, if i keep getting the opportunities to so i feel free to follow me on there message me um, and keep up with um the increasingly difficult world of SCND and the wonderful world of uh, Milton Keynes and internal local politics stuff, which I'm sure appeals to maybe two people listening, perhaps. I'm sure it will appeal to more than two people listening. Thank you once again for coming on, George. Thank you so much for having me. It's uh, been lovely to speak to you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you've enjoyed it, you can subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, Podbeam and Amazon Music. You can also follow us on Twitter, at Debated Podcast. Like us on Facebook, Debated Podcast. And if you'd like to get in touch with us, whether about appearing on an episode of the podcast or commenting on an episode that you've listened to, you can do so at thedebatedpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. I hope you listen to the next one.